0: Thank you for tuning into the UNI podcast. This week's episode, we have an interview with Nicole Najafi. She is an entrepreneur turned freelance writer and editorial director in New York. She spends her time writing articles, screenplays, and spending time with her perfect cat, Melfi. Here's this week's episode with Nicole.
1: You are listening to the UNI Podcast, a lifestyle podcast aiming to create a passionate and thriving community who aspire and inspire in all aspects of life. Here are your hosts, Ozzy and Carol.
0: Today we have Nicole on our podcast today. Welcome to the I Podcast. Hello! (laughs) We have a couple questions for you, but first, how are you? I'm okay. I
2: would say I'm okay
1: okay okay that's good that's okay i feel like <laughs> that's, that's a good start. it's okay spot. to be okay i feel like you forget about that
2: um, i think our default is to be like i'm good how are you yeah. and It's like, no like there are people dying and losing their yeah. jobs it's like i'm not i'm not great this is yeah. a tough situation but i'm very happy to be on this podcast yes we are so We're happy really you're happy here,
1: you here. <laughs> um before we get started we wanted to break the ice a little bit kind of start mm-hmm. a little bit easier so could you describe your perfect day
2: Okay. My perfect day. So I am a freak and I wake up really early. Um, I get up at six every day.
1: Okay. 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 See, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I get up at 6am every day by choice. Um, because I love the morning. I love that moment between like six and seven thirty when the whole world's asleep and you kind of have like some peace and quiet. Um, and so I think perfect day is I wake up at 6, I have my coffee, I do my morning pages. Um, the most perfect scenario would just to be have, to have the ocean nearby and to like hear the sound of the waves, to smell the salt water. Um, anything near the ocean would be good. If I can go a day without spending like half of it on my phone and computer, it's a perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> if I can just resist the news and social media... For like half of it, I think it's a perfect day. Yeah, that's that's good.
1: (laughs) Have you, um, this is kind of like a tangent question, but have you been trying to do that during your quarantine times? Yes. Yeah?
2: Yes, I have been trying, but it's very hard. It's very Mm. hard. There's just so little to do outside of being on your screens. You know, like, it's just like, it's very limited in terms of... um, you know the things i can do outside healthy healthfully um <laughs> so it's really hard to resist i'm trying i'm mm. trying that's really that's interesting okay. because i also tried to get away from
0: my phone and i tried making recipes i never tried before <laughs> but i had to google the recipes right
2: you can't be off your phone like no. i know it's tough. um Yeah, it is.
1: Uh, But diving in, could Mm -hmm. you please share with us your background and the story that has led you to where you are now?
2: Okay, so before writing, um, I was an entrepreneur. I started a fashion brand. And I think it was the influence from having grown up in Silicon Valley. I grew up in Palo Alto. um, And my dad is an entrepreneur. And I think that I did that to sort of feel like a normal kid. Um, Like it would make me kind of fit in with what I grew up with. But it wasn't my true calling at all. And like, I think, when when I think back to those years, I was just kind of gritting my teeth and getting through it. And like, I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. But one thing I did enjoy a lot was all the copywriting I got to do for my brand. Um, and kind of like the storytelling around the brand. And that's what I think the customers really responded so well to. So I ended up selling my company to an awesome woman who's running it today, and she's like so happy it's her dream. Um, and I started copywriting for other brands. And then I was like, what if I tried (laughs) non-copywriting? So I started writing satire basically just like, you know, on my own with no real purpose and sharing it on social media and that's kind of what i've been doing since then
0: so was it just that you enjoyed writing a lot more than you actually liked the work of being an entrepreneur and what
2: was the work that you did as an entrepreneur well so i really didn't like this process of um having physical goods made and then selling them to people it just didn't feel fulfilling to me. I didn't get it didn't like scratch any itch for me. Um, but what I've always always loved is making people laugh. And I grew up with a ton of chaos, and that was like my one thing that always kept things like safe and stable for me was like making people laugh. So like if I went into like a new environment where I didn't know anyone, I, I could always count on being able to make people laugh and kind of like neutralizing a room that way. So, it's been therapeutic for me always to find humor in places that are not really humorous to bond with people over over jokes and so it's like it's just more deeply fulfilling I think to do that now
1: guys she's very good at it too yeah. especially <laughs> because like as we, I, I think I now that you're saying that I noticed how like when we like first like got into this recording platform you were very like I don't know your energy. It was just different.
2: <laughs> it's because I'm it's nervous. Minutes, so, minutes so, like laughing. I have social anxiety. Yeah. So I just have to like, I have to like use humor to like make things calm for myself. We nearly <laughs> yeah. had about 10 minutes of laughter before we fully got into it. Yeah,
1: I, I started it too, just so that you guys can, hopefully you got, you'll get some of that. But yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs>
2: Sweet of you. Thank
1: you. So you're talking about um, satire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you could describe your writing Scott style, how would mm-hmm. you describe it?
2: Um, I would say it's biting, um, a little bit sharp, maybe sometimes too sharp. Um, sometimes I think it might be like too real, like too dark for people. Like, whoa, like it's like too soon, you know? Um, so that's, that, and that's a skill, right? In writing is being able to, um, tell Give a message to people in a way that is like palatable for them, that they can actually hear it and interpret it and like internalize it. Um, that's a real writing skill that I'm still working on. Because I think sometimes I come from a place of like, this is an injustice, and I want to I want to point it out. And there's anger, right? There's an anger at that injustice, and so like it's hard for me to like soften it. So I would say it's very biting. It's very sharp. Um, and it's a little bit ruthless like if there is something wrong in society like i will point it out i will satirize it
1: (laughs) i like that i like that
0: i found it really funny um i looked at your instagram last night and (laughs) (laughs) i was just laughing the entire time i was kind of rolling through so you actually do a really good job at that (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad. (laughs) But um, when you write, who is your intended audience?
2: Who are you writing for? God, I don't know. I think anyone who is listening. (laughs) Um, It's weird with the internet because you don't, like, see who is reading your work. Um, So I think it's really, like, I think it's more millennials um, who are interested in what I'm writing. Um, Probably skewing female, although I do have some men, do have some men who DM me and are like, LOL. I'm like, okay, I see you. (laughs)
1: Love that.
2: Yeah, especially when it's something that like makes fun of men. I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's cool that they can see that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it's like millennial women, um, anywhere, anywhere in the world.
1: And then when you were, like when you started, like when you moved from, you know, having your own business to writing, Did you know that was going to be your, like, did you, did you go in with the intended audience or um, have you always been like more open and um, like yeah. your audience?
2: Um, so when I, so when I sold my company, I knew it was because I wanted to go into writing, but I didn't have an audience. Um, I had like 70 followers on Twitter. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really know it? how to tweet. I I had to Google at one point, like how to post an image on Twitter. I didn't know how, and then I posted this thing that went viral, and that's how you found me. And I went from having 70 followers to like I don't know, 10,000 or something, yeah. um, within just like a matter of days. I don't know who any of those people are. Um, I'm glad they're there, but I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't know their demographic. Uh, but they, you know, they seem to like what I'm writing, so I'm just I'm just grateful. <laughs>
1: Um, and, like, I guess you were also mentioning, like, um, writing in a digital space. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are you able to integrate social media with also writing, like, are you usually writing for, like, your social media? Or are you writing for, um, like, editorials, like, newspapers? Yeah. Like, what, what do you, kind
2: of how do both. you do that? Both? But I like, yeah, so, like, the fun thing about social media is that you don't have to wait to get published. You don't have to, like, send something wait for the approval and the editing like it's just fast and a lot of my work is related to something that happened today in the news so like I don't have time to wait for it to get published I kind of prefer social media in that sense and the other thing about social media is it's kind of like democratized things you know like a lot of magazines won't publish you if you didn't go to a certain school if you don't have a certain name I mean it's just a fact like that's there's it's it's very um exclusive and it's tough to break in. So I think what Twitter especially has done is sort of been like an equalizer. So like the, the people are now the judge, you know, like if the work is good and they like it, you know, it gets out there. You don't need to have um, a magazine's platform to reach people now. So I love that about social media. I think social media also has some like major problems. Yeah, um, <laughs> not about. but it's good to remember the it's good to remember the positives, which is that like it is an equalizer. It is something that elevates voices that normally aren't elevated at all, um, and it can do a lot of good if we just rein in some of the bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: From that, I'm getting that you gravitate more to social media than you do for other writing platforms so I guess my question is which form do you prefer Twitter Instagram or how does <laughs>
2: which ones do my children, children equal <laughs> no I'm kidding um, I think it fluctuates and also Twitter and Instagram, like they respond to different types of content. Like Twitter yeah. is the best for political humor. Like they are all basically just like political humorists and politicians on there. <laughs> um, and then Instagram, I think, is like a little bit softer. I think people are a little friendlier. Instagram is a little Oh, bit.
1: definitely. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Twitter is like, they're so ruthless. savage. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the trolls are on Twitter. They're definitely less so on Instagram. So if there's something controversial that I'm not sure how Twitter will respond to, um, I'll post it on Instagram first, just to be like, okay, how 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 do the people yeah. feel about this? <laughs> Let's take their temperature. Um, but yeah, they're they're just like so different. And and then there's certain things that I think are great, and Twitter doesn't care about it at all. And I'm like, what? Why didn't you like <laughs> this? This was perfect for you. <laughs>
0: um so what type of content do you because you said like you try to take their temperature yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like
0: what type of content do you feel as if is more like twitter savvy because i'm yeah. in charge of the you and i's podcast twitter
2: yes, uh-huh. yes. it's struggling <laughs> Wait, which twitter is
0: this which account um our you and i podcast we also have a twitter account but i don't know what to tweet half of the time i text those you're like is this something that you would tweet is this like twitter worthy yeah. it's just and the, at some point we just connected our instagram to our twitter so whenever we posted yeah. a post on our instagram just automatically went there so it just seems like
2: okay well uh, i tweeted now see that i would say will not help you on twitter mm-hmm. yeah. if you just copy paste instagram i think on twitter and I'm like, I'm really not an expert at all. I literally learned how to tweet two months ago. Um <laughs> oh, no, I, I was Googling think, how to tweet, too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really understand how this platform works, but there's something about it that really, it's just really good. Um, I think Twitter is like volume. It's just about like posting, 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 and like not having to worry about overposting. Whereas on Instagram, I think it's a little more like quality over quantity. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I never thought of it like that. That's a, yeah. that's a good point. makes sense, then, too.
2: Right, and then because people on Instagram will unfollow you if they just feel like yeah, they've seen too much if you're stuff You're doing too lately. much. <laughs> whereas on Twitter, I don't think anyone notices who they're even following. It's just like one big messy room of people like shouting at each other. Whereas Instagram was like <laughs> a refined dinner party where people are like, "Oh, I don't want to talk this person." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I would say Twitter is volume. Twitter is definitely more political, yeah. definitely more snarky. Um, you know, like, that's where all the anger is, is, like, Twitter. It's, people are, like, really mad about stuff. You know, that's call-out culture. Like, not that we should engage in those things, but, like, the things that are, like, you know, if you want to point out that someone, you know, a corporation has done something wrong, like, you take it to Twitter. That's <laughs> yeah. Twitter um, energy. <laughs> yeah. If you want, um, you know, like, to engage in a positive discourse, do not do that on Twitter. Like, that's Instagram. Like, comments are great on Instagram for a positive discourse, I think, generally
1: i guess actually going off of that some Mm -hmm. of your posts and pieces are political Mm -hmm. so how are you able to create pieces create um you know works of art that aren't subjective or do you do you want to make it subjective like what's your what are you trying to do when you create those kind of works of art or art pieces yeah
2: a great question i think pretty much everything i write is subjective um, but it's funny, like, I think that sometimes when you write something subjective, people are like, well, I don't agree, so you can't write that. And it's like, mm, that's actually not how the world works. <laughs> um, so I'm like, you know, I love. Like, back in 2016, I was like very supportive of Hillary Clinton, and I would make jokes about it. And people were like, well, that's not, you know, you can't say that because I disagree with you. <laughs> um, and I'm like, that, you have no legs to stand on here. Um, <laughs> So subjective, you know, it, it, subjective work definitely opens yourself up to more criticism, but I don't think you can write humor that is objective. I mean, it wouldn't, what's, what makes something funny is the element of surprise, and if it's objective, I think you lose that, and it's not very funny anymore.
1: I'm sorry. I just I have a quick question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you learn all of this? Like, did you go to school for writing? <laughs> did, <laughs> exactly. Did you get like a certificate? Did you just <laughs> learn this as you go?
2: No, no, no. I I, I read a lot, and okay. um, I have a good therapist. Okay. And okay. I would say like a lot of figuring this stuff out is mental health, reflecting, and kind of thinking and listening to podcasts like this and. Reading people like Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, really just kind of going deeper into things. Um I need yeah. your like your book rex. Like, yeah. extensive... no, no. When you started when you started dropping yeah. names, I was started. of the I was like, so I needed an I was, like extensive... these book like, recs are yeah, nice. so <laughs> rex. Oh, I will totally give you my book rex. And you have to give me yours too. Honestly. I will. Yeah.
1: I think actually guys, I don't we always talk about books in every episode. Yeah. But I feel like I'm switching like the kind of books I like. I don't know. I'm into, I'm, I'm from Nigeria. So I'm Uh very interested in like modern African contemporary books. Uh I like to support, you know, artists who are African in the modern, in the modern world. So I'm reading a lot, like a lot of, like I siphon my, like my searches for particular books that fall into that realm. But when I do that. Is
2: there anyone I might know? Any names I might
1: recognize? I guess a popular one is Chimamanda. Adichie. Yes, yes, she's really popular. But is she Nigerian? Z... Yeah, she is. Oh, yeah, Nigerian. Yeah, she's, you know, from... yeah. Um, I've read like almost all her books. There's like Z W Smith. Um, I can send you a whole thing. Z W,
2: not Zadie
1: I think it's Zade, actually. Yeah, Zadee. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zadee. Zaid, oh, yeah. The one who wrote her, Swing Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. She's Nigerian. Um, no, she's not Nigerian. She's not okay, Nigerian, but she's. Um yeah, I've actually I started reading Nigerian but I've opened it up to like African, sorry, something's in my eye.
2: Oh no. <laughs> don't, t- don't touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys.
1: I don't know what's happening. Okay. What was I saying before?
2: Um You said you're opening it up to other
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm opening up to like African, like more, I don't know. I'm just it's really I'm, I'm on a journey, guys. I'm on you're a journey. A journey? <laughs> That's all I can say. Aren't right, we, we all? Yeah, true.
0: But me, for my book recs, um, don't come to me for book recs. I'm just starting. (laughs) I'm honestly just starting to read a lot because I was the type of person I did not. I don't even read now. I listen to audiobooks. It's, it's okay. We had this whole debate, Carol. Audiobooks kind of are cheating. Books. That is reading. But, it's the same thing. Oh, thank you. A writer just told me that it's reading, so anyone that wants to come at me, I
1: am <laughs> You can't come <laughs> at me no more.
2: <laughs> it's totally reading. I mean, listen, it's better than like spending all your time on TikTok, which I think Honest? most people your age no. are kind of doing. We see, we had a
1: whole discussion about this no? too. We yeah. made a pact to not to download, never download TikTok. Download.
2: Okay, that's so good. So we do not think, have
1: it on our phones. I think
2: the data situation there is not good. I think it's like yeah, s- stealing no. way too much of like your personal information.
1: Yes. Yeah, have you guys heard about so... this?
2: No. no. Oh my god! Just Google TikTok. Oh, god, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Google <laughs> TikTok <laughs> Chinese government. Okay. It's okay. It's, own, it's It's from China, but like there's like major like data, um, breach of you know there's like your privacy is very much compromised on TikTok. As it is on all social media, but especially on TikTok.
1: I did not know that.
2: Like Facebook, but on steroids. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not to scare all of the TikTok users yes. to listen Yes! <laughs> Maybe edit this out. <laughs> uh, I'm
0: gonna keep this in. I'm hoping Honestly. that my brother listens to this with his wife. Um, please help oh, my, my niece. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: funny. What is something that you hope to master in terms of your writing?
2: I think I have to control some of my anger in my writing. So when I want to call out crazy shit that Trump does, it's hard for me to write not from a place of just like total rage. Mm. (laughs) And the writing like suffers, right? Because like if you're just angry, like if you're just yelling, like he's stupid, like that's not funny, right? So what makes it funny is sort of being able to have like a more nuanced approach to making fun of him. But like, it's so hard for me to kind of keep that back. I, so as a tangent, like, I think what I really enjoy about writing is is kind of calling out injustices and, and they can be small injustices. They can just be like annoying things in our culture, and our society that aren't like really hurting people that much, but they're just like so irritating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's like the bigger things like politics, obviously. But um, yeah, I have to be able to approach it with less of my like personal attachment to it, I think. So that's one thing I really want to improve. The other thing I really want to improve is the, like, dread I feel sometimes with writing. I know this is, like, something you wanted to talk about, too. Well,
1: it, like, so. goes right in. Yeah. This is I good. I
2: mean, <laughs> it's not always a joy. It's oftentimes a pain. And a friend of mine has this really funny, like, kind of quote that he says. He's like, you know someone's a writer when they hate writing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like wait that doesn't make any sense but it actually totally does um because it's really hard you're like wading into your subconscious and like the deepest parts of your like soul and like that's painful right like it's Mm. so much easier to just sit on your phone and scroll through instagram than it is to like wade through your like deepest (laughs) darkest like feelings and like put them on the page right like that's not a comfortable experience but um it can be really soothing and enjoyable it's just not always that way so i think kind of wrestling with those, like, writing demons is something mm. I'm really working on. Sorry, um, is that too deep? No, <laughs> no, it's, no, no,
0: okay. no, no. Honestly, nothing's <laughs> too deep for this while pass. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so when you say that you dread writing, like, sometimes you, like, don't like writing, is it because, yeah. is it just the act of ri- like, the act of writing, or is it just dealing with what's going on on the inside?
2: I think it is the inside I think it is this like voice in my head that says you suck at writing it's so embarrassing that you're even trying to write like oh my god this is what a joke like why are you even trying to do this um it's so much better for you to just get off the computer and do something totally different don't even try like there's a voice in my head that is constantly criticizing and telling me that I can't do it And in order for me to get to the page and start writing, I have to like conquer that voice and get there. And it's hard, like sometimes I just don't want to fight. I'm like, okay, 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 you're right. I won't write, (laughs) I'll just watch TV. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and then once I actually am writing, it's fine. It's just that getting there is
1: really hard. Yeah, (laughs) I could say that about like college and like homework and like work and just anything Mm -hmm. to be honest. Just the idea of starting. I feel like this honestly can apply Fitness to goals. anything, anything, anything. Um, even so like even totally sports, understand. you know, like athletes. Yeah. It's
2: hard for them to just get on the court or just like yeah. get into the gym. There's so much self doubt that exactly. one has to conquer. You know, I
1: feel like that's like honestly our like our worst enemy, like ourselves. Exactly, like, I believe that all the way. Um, yeah, but I guess what advice do you have for writers, like new writers, writers who Um, you know, kind of who, where you were as you were starting, what advice do you have for them?
2: My number one advice is to just write Um, and to write really bad stuff. That's like so embarrassing that you would never show it to anyone because that's what it feels like in the beginning. It honestly still feels like that now. It's just to write and not to judge it. Because I think the problem is people are like, well, I don't want to write because I can't write something genius. And I'm like, don't write something genius. Write something terrible. Because writing something terrible is better than not writing anything at all. (laughs) This is advice that I still have to follow, by the way. (laughs) Um, So I would say write for volume, not for quality. Quantity over quality. Just the more you can write, the better. Because you won't realize it, but you'll be getting better at it. And the other piece of advice I have is to really be serious about your mental health. Um, I think that, you know, you have this like cliche of the writer being this like tortured soul who's like binge drinking and like, you know, like waxing poetic about like suicide. And it's like, that's not attractive. Mm. And it's also not possible. You cannot write when your demons are that strong. Mm. Mental health is essential, I think, in the arts in order to kind of conquer that voice that I was talking about that is so hard on you. Um, you have to have your defenses up and when your mental health is not like taken care of, you just don't have good defenses. You'll just be like, Okay, you're right, I suck. Like I won't write, <laughs> I won't paint, I won't do whatever. Um, so yeah, mental health and writing as much as possible.
0: So when you say just write as much as possible, is it just mm-hmm. is it in general for anybody who wants to get better at writing or is it just for people that are known to be writers and how did you know
2: <laughs> that you were a writer totally to begin yeah with? i think Honestly, any kind of writing
1: sorry continue oh,
2: what were you gonna say let tell me
1: i want you to define who is a writer <laughs> like who is anyone. like anyone
2: yeah anyone who wants hmm. to be a writer is a writer okay there's no yeah i've struggled with that too i'm like well i can't be a writer because i don't have this like profile you know yeah. i haven't been published in places like f that like if you want to be a painter you want to be a writer you want to be a musician if you love it and you work on it, then you are that, you
1: know? Mm. Okay, thank you.
2: <laughs> of course. Are either of you aspiring writers?
1: I mean, I like to write poems. Like You do?
2: Know. You're a poet?
1: Yeah. Like, to oh, a, I, so I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. You <laughs> are, you are, you are.
2: Say it, I am a poet. I am a poet, guys. Yes. I'm poet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm best
1: friends what with
2: about you, poet?
0: Carol? Kara? Um, I don't write. Like, I'll be honest, I suck at writing.
2: No. Oh,
0: no, I'm, I'm honest, I'm being honest, because I grew up in the Bahamas, so a lot of the grammar things that kind of, everybody just kind of knows, I had to learn them when I came to America, and I was like...
1: Oh, this is. I feel like grammar is so westernized, though. Yeah,
0: grammar is so annoying. Well, that's like a whole discussion. (laughs) That's kind of.
1: Whole.
2: It's really (laughs)
0: annoying, but I understand why it's necessary.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I had a similar experience because I'm a first-generation American, and my parents both have terrible grammar. (laughs) So I like learned really bad grammar Mm. growing up. Like I said, the word "luggages" until like five years ago. And my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time was like, it's luggage. It's just luggage. It's not luggages. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I think that it's it's tough because people judge you based on your grammar. Yeah. Like, that's just a natural thing that is unfortunately true. And so I also really wanted to conquer grammar so that I could, like, mm-hmm. kind of have this super weapon. Now you're <laughs> a writer. That's, that's actually... <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still would say I have, like, perfect grammar. The thing is, like, writers aren't necessarily great grammarists, editors are great at grammar. Sure. Writers are more about, like, you know, the content and the... Like, yeah, you I never actually thought
1: of it like editor. that. Like, you're expecting me to be a writer and an editor? No, please.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I love a good editor. I'm like, that's yeah. an amazing skill. Yeah, that's actually really <laughs>
0: interesting, too, because I remember when I went to middle... When I was in middle school in boarding school, um, yeah. he... What did my teacher do? He made us do free writes. Mm -hmm. and i would just write and i would put no commas no periods so just be a
1: full (laughs) i love free rides free rides are so fun he's
0: like what's going on i was like
2: i wrote that's awesome there you go And even the part where you be like i don't
1: know what to write yeah
2: (laughs) uh that's awesome i should do
1: that yeah it's yeah. good it's a good it's a good um it was
0: actually that's actually one of the reasons why i ended up paying more attention to grammar yeah <laughs> and like understanding that i need to put a period when i'm done with a thought <laughs> it's very yeah. hard to yeah, make, to end make a it sentence. necessary yeah so i that's i guess that's the interesting part of it for me that's something i
2: realized yeah mm-hmm. i hear
0: that are there moments when you don't know what to write or you don't want to write at all
2: Definitely both. How do you, kind of how, do you kinda, how do you get kind of,
1: how do you kind of, is it just like phases or you just oh, ride the wave or?
2: I kind of, okay, so what I do is I just, I talk I talk to myself, I'm like, okay, I know you don't know what to write right now. That's okay, because this is really hard. So why don't you just write something? Let's just see what happens. Because your brain knows what to say, but you're overthinking it. So just put your hands on the keyboard, on the yeah. fucking keyboard, no i <laughs> Put your hands on the keyboard and just type it. Let's <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and um and that helps a lot like i have to like parent myself basically like it's okay honey like i know you're scared <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can do it just write something um and once you get started it's always easier like i said the hardest part is just starting
1: yeah um and i guess throughout this um this episode podcast mm-hmm. uh you've been talking a lot about self-care and mental health so yeah what do you do to unwind what are your thoughts on self-care
2: so oh man i have a lot of thoughts on self-care um taking care of myself is of, of most importance but i think that corporations have stolen the word self-care and oh. made it into this thing about like beauty um mm-hmm. and atta- like chasing beauty is like fine and fun but it's not self-care it's the yeah. opposite. Um, it's the exact opposite. So like face masks and at home manicures are very fun. They are a welcome distraction from daily life. They do not take care of me in any real way. They do not shift anything internally. And that is what taking care of yourself is, in my opinion. So for me, the way I take care of myself is number one, breathe which I don't do very often. <laughs> like, sometimes I swear I like forget to breathe. Um, so as soon as I feel something uncomfortable, the first thing I do is breathe like take a deep breath as many times as I need to. Um, other things I do um, walking which is kind of hard right now because I'm really not yeah. supposed to be walking outside <laughs> um, and what I call like playing. so
1: you've been hearing a lot. I, yeah, I <laughs> hearing that word a lot. We had a our last recorded interview. She talked yeah. about play. It's a really oh, yeah? interesting like concept. I don't know if it's a concept, like activity
2: yeah i mean i think i i judged it at first like oh so like childish and stupid then i realized like no it's actually really important to get to do something that doesn't have any real purpose like to do something that you're not getting paid to do that someone isn't asking you to do that you're just doing totally for fun so i've been making origami
1: (laughs) i love that honestly i always look at it and like wow
2: It's so fun. (laughs) And I'm like super OCD, so I'm like perfecting the paper. It's like, must be perfect. Um, No, so origami is really fun. I got this like adult coloring book, which sounds so dorky, but I color it a coloring book. Um, And um, what else? Um, Therapy is very hmm. important for me. Um, And good sleep. Good sleep. sleep. okay I
1: guess this is a good okay from here yeah how do you wake up at like what is what is that about (laughs) waking up at six like how is that a thing
2: um so I go to bed early so I go to bed at like 10 I get good eight Mm -hmm. hours every night every single night I go to bed at 10 every single morning I wake up at six I cannot remember the last day I didn't wake up at six like I think it's been years
1: (laughs) (laughs) really yeah how do you maintain (laughs) that how is it How do you get that kind of discipline did you like just keep on weekend doing it
2: so the thing is it doesn't even really require discipline because i want to because Mm. i feel the benefits now of it and now i want it you know it's like it does it was hard in the beginning a little bit but then once i got into the routine of it it didn't become it wasn't work anymore um it's just become so normal like second nature to me now and the reason why it's easy for me is because i Love the morning so much. So when it's yeah. like ten o'clock and like I hate nights. Like I'm just I don't like nights. They're kind of like weird for me. I feel like I'm <laughs> kind of lonely at night. And in yeah. the morning I feel like rejuvenated. So it's it's nighttime. It's like nine thirty, and I'm like, oh, I get to go to bed and just have a coffee. Like I know what's coming in the morning. I'm so excited. I love the early morning.
1: He looks so excited when he. I'm talking. so happy
2: I'm <laughs> talking about the early morning. Yeah. So I guess, and then
0: why morning six. Oh, sorry, Carol what is your morning routine yeah
2: so i wake up um i feed my cat <laughs> i make a coffee and then i write in my uh i do my what i call morning pages do you guys know about morning pages no no um so a book wreck is the artist way by juliet okay. cameron uh-huh. she basically like coined the term morning pages, which is where you write three pages in a journal of just like anything. And if you have nothing to say, you can say, I have nothing to say over and over again. So I've been doing that for a while. I have like a shelf of filled notebooks.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> but it's really fun because if yeah. you're like, how was I feeling in August 2017? You can just like refer back and you're like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do three pages of that. And then I um, check my email my texts. That's when I'm allowed to check my phone for the first time. And then um, I pray and pray that I won't spend all of my time on my phone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it really pulls me under. And then I write. And then I don't have a routine for the rest of the day. That's like the only part of my day that's regimented. The rest of it is a total (laughs) crapshoot.
0: What is your why or have you found it as yet?
2: What is my why? What does that mean exactly?
0: Like, a lot of people say that for you to be happy with your job to not just do the job for the money to have like something bigger behind it to keep pushing yeah you, your pur- kind of like your
1: purpose like your purpose you know why you're doing what you're doing oh, God. yeah sorry <laughs> that's a <little laughs> question
2: i don't know i think that's my big question i wish i had the answer i think i'm still finding it um i think I'm supposed to get to a place where I don't need anything external to make me happy, but I'm not there yet. I still rely on external validation to feel happy. I would love to be like a Buddha, you know, it's just like <laughs> nothing on the outside can change anything on the inside, yeah. but unfortunately that's not how I am. <laughs>
1: that's okay.
2: <laughs> still searching. Oh, it's a work in progress. I'm um, a work in progress, yes. Exactly.
1: And then I guess, um, you know, towards like as you're working in progress, uh, how yeah. does that show up in your writing? Are you? Um, do you have like any goals that you're trying to attain? Um, are you just like you know yeah. writing for you know to write?
2: Um. So I am writing a screenplay. Ooh. I'm writing um a <laughs> horror movie about wellness, and
1: um, movie about wellness. <laughs> that sounds so cool. I, I
2: gotta say it is kind of cool. It's a cool story. <laughs> um, There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in it. So I think I am working towards that goal, like finishing it. I just finished my rough draft, so now I have to do some edits and hopefully get to a final draft soon and then hopefully get to a place where I feel okay with sending it around. Um, So that's the thing that I spend most of my writing time on. And then it's like my satire. My satire and my jokes are like my my dessert. The script is like my entree.
0: What will you be focusing on in... 2020, both personally and
1: professionally. That's it's okay, 2020 alive. is still here.
0: <laughs>
1: I know, it's, it's
2: still here. People, like, still canceled get it. <laughs> I'm like... It's canceled off yeah,
1: 2020. It's canceled. But it's so, really, it's still here, guys.
2: I know, I'm like, 2020 was starting so well. It, it showed was. a lot of promise and then I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. I think what this experience has taught me is that I can't actually plan too far in advance. Um, I think the universe was just like, oh, you think you know what's going to happen? Let me show you. <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> so I'm like okay I hear you I, I'm, I'm hearing you universe you are trying to tell us that things are not the way we think they're gonna be yeah. always so I'm trying to just keep my focus to like one day one week at a time but it is hard I really want to say I want people to know that this is hard for everybody even the people who are not acting like it's hard for them. They may just not be in touch with what's going on underneath. But this is really tough. It's tough to stay motivated. It's tough to feel like you have like direction because everything we knew is like changing, and it's very destabilizing. This is not an experience. This is not a normal experience, right? And like we've we're also coming off of like three years of insanity with Trump. So it's like we had three years of insanity. This is like the, the like the grand finale of the fireworks show and I'm like, oh my god I, I never really thought of hours. it like this.
1: The grand finale. Yeah.
2: You know, at the end of a fireworks show and it's like pew pew yeah. pew 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 pew. pew. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 It's too much. It's too much. This is hard. This is really hard. Um so I'm just trying to be kind to myself, being kind to others, understanding everyone's fighting a harder battle harder battle now more than ever. Um but also just trying to keep it light because if I have to think about COVID every day, all day, I'm really gonna be miserable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm so over COVID.
1: <laughs> to be honest. It's yeah, in the beginning I was like, okay, yeah. time off a little bit, like can hang out with my family. Now it's it's taking a toll.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Now you're like, Okay, wrap it up. <laughs>
1: um but we were talking about this earlier so uh Mm -hmm. do you have any book recs for us like yes some books
2: (laughs) okay number one book rec for like exploring creativity and maybe like wanting to get into writing is big magic by elizabeth gilbert i want to read that book every day all day it's so good she's just like so comforting and she tells these beautiful anecdotes that make you so uplifted it's the best um so big magic by elizabeth gilbert um, the Artist Way which I mentioned by Julia Cameron that's actually like a workbook so you buy a notebook like an empty notebook and you do these like exercises that she assigns you and it's kind of like a like a, a course um, and it's really good and what else anything by Brene Brown um, like literally anything by her her podcasts like I would like read her scribbles on a napkin I'm like whatever she has to say I'm reading it (laughs) Um, those two Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert are like my my two favorites I would say
1: I feel like that's this is super special especially coming from a writer like Rex from a writer is Yeah yeah yeah. I don't know, <laughs> well, those are like more like the
2: mental health ones. Yeah, 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 like yeah. for leisure reading I have totally different Rex. But I read also mm-hmm. like scary books, which I don't okay, think other okay. people are interested in.
1: <laughs> I cannot do scary. I can't a do scary, scary anything. Hmm.
2: Really? Even TV. I know. I can't watch horror watch horror
1: movies. Thriller. I thriller is like I can do thriller, but horror. You can do thriller. Okay. Horror is like a whole different yeah <laughs>
2: Well, what about what about Jordan
1: Peele? Is that too scary? Like, get out. And I us. can do Jordan Peele. Oh, I, I, I have to, like, I be near that. someone. Like, I have to. Because, like, be his movies, someone. Who his movies, like, messes up your mind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Yes. that's, laughs> so, so, like, yeah, his movies, like, yeah. last in your mind. Like, you start thinking yeah. about things. Um, yeah. I know, they're
2: disturbing. He has a new one coming out. Well, I know, to I come saw that. I this it's a summer TV summer. show? Did you see the TV it's show? What?
1: There's a TV show that he's oh there's a tv producing? show too hunters yes. mm-hmm. but
2: he also has a movie it's a remake of an original from the 90s oh. called candy man oh yeah,
1: yeah 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 i saw i saw the thriller of that very saw, yeah scary yeah Ooh, it looks
2: very scary i can't wait it's it was supposed <laughs> to come out this summer now i think it's gonna come out in september I don't yeah we'll know. See, i miss we'll movie theaters so much so much oh, so much it's not so the much. same so much it's not the same
0: you pay to be scared Hmm? You pay to get to. For someone I told you to I do thrillers. Like it really Jordan.
2: like I could
0: do thrillers, but like I don't know, man. I'm I'm a wuss, I guess. I'm just, <laughs> I I'm a, I'm just like I can't. No,
2: it's super normal. I, I was I was really afraid of horror movies for the longest
0: time. Oh no, because my entire life I kind of lived across the street from a graveyard. Oh, so i would
1: yeah
0: at night i'd be yeah. dashing to my room and dashing right back i would yeah. just like wait until I think, everything was done yeah, I, honestly want, same, I didn't want to take
1: my chances similar to you like yeah. childhood really like did it to me because i was in boarding <laughs> school in nigeria yeah. for like the longest time and when i was in like the younger stages like i don't know why they did this to us but like the older kids we would have movie nights like in the night and it was an open it was an open like building and there was like an unfinished like oh. building across the road, and we would watch oh. horror movies like The Last Exorcist and like The Children, that's like at night. <laughs> I was like oh,
2: what? So it's like an. <laughs> and we have to
1: building. walk like walk back to like our dorms, and I'm like, I oh, can't do this. God. So wait, you
2: went from Ohio to Nigeria?
1: <laughs> oh, Kara's in Ohio. I went. Okay. Oh
2: wait, no, you was... were born in Ohio though. Yeah, she I was, was born, born in Ohio. Ohio. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, okay. I was born in
1: Ohio. Went Both to her Atlanta. Parents are Nigerian. Atlanta went to Tennessee. And then I, my parents, my mom moved me and my brother back to Nigeria to learn our culture. We're wow. There for like eight nine years, because she's from Nigeria too. My parents are eight, from Nigeria. Eight
2: or nine years. Yeah, I was
1: there. Yeah, and I, you know, wow. I have friends. I always go back every year. Wow. Yeah, Good for that's her a for whole. That. That's a whole. So, <laughs> very grateful to you know my family yeah. for doing that because I could have definitely ended up different than how I am now if I totally. didn't go there. So. Different.
2: Wow, that's awesome that you yeah. did that. Good for yeah. her
1: very grateful thank you very grateful. love me mom i'm very grateful too yeah
2: because <laughs> now my um, best friend is
0: like perfect i
1: know oh exactly how i need her love to love you okay uh <laughs> we're kind of we're kind of getting to the end of things but who do you look up to in the girl boss community
2: mm, okay my girl bosses are elizabeth warren kamala harris hillary clinton those are kind of my like <laughs> three <laughs> favorite people <laughs> um It's a lot of women in politics yeah. because those women have had to be so brave, have had to overcome so much shit from men to get where they are. Like Nancy Pelosi is the queen of America right now. I mean, she's (laughs) just like giving me life. I love her. I love her. And they have a lot of haters and I'm like, I don't care. I think think they're amazing. Um, And then I also, I really look up to like uh, people like Serena Williams who are like, and Simone Biles, like athletes who um are a good role model for girls i think athletes can be really inspiring in um in a way because they they do something that i'm not uh that i don't do and so like you feel like they're kind of like a superhero because they have this like crazy skill they just could never even come close to touching like it's just so different you know so superhuman i feel like they're Um, in a whole
1: different category
2: (laughs) yeah they really are and um and then I don't know i mean I, I think i also really look up to like musicians like okay. fiona apple and like <laughs> i'm such a dork um, <laughs> but I, I gotta say like i know girl boss technically is like founders mm. um i don't know that i have any girl bosses that i look up to in the business community that's okay <laughs> i just don't think business i think that in america we idolize business too much yeah and it's okay to have a business but it's not businesses are not non-profits they're not communities they're not philanthropic they are they exist to make money and that's fine like money's not a bad thing people need jobs but i think that we we too often kind of idolize these founders who are really just there to make money you know yeah. like it's really i mean yeah. except for basically the patagonia founder
1: um. <laughs> i think i'm trying i think we should like rebrand the question like i want to like we're trying yeah. to ask like who do you look up to like who are the girl bosses in your community that you oh in my community yeah, something like yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh. like people around you people like i mean you already answered Oops. that in the beginning I with, famous like, people sorry with, like politicians <laughs> and stuff <laughs>
0: Um, so for our last and final question, yeah, what advice would you give to your eighteen
2: or twenty-year-old self? Ugh. I would say, hang in there. It gets better. It's never going to be as hard as it is right now. Hmm. Um, I didn't realize at that age just how hard it actually was. It's really hard to transition from like youth to adulthood. Super hard. We don't give kids enough credit for how hard it is. Um, we just throw homework at them and drown them in like busy work. And it's like you're developing and changing and you're having to let go of a lot. And it's a very tough time, I think. Um, so I would just say it gets better. It gets extremely better. In fact, every decade is better than the one before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, and I think we'll end it off there. Thank you so much okay. for joining us thank you for having me podcast we are so grateful that you took the time to talk to the listeners and us
2: thank you so much for having me i loved chatting with you guys this was great
0: (laughs) we love chatting with you too and to our listeners i hope you enjoyed and got something from our conversation with nicole again we want this to be an ongoing conversation with you so please feel free to leave any comments ideas and feedback on our latest instagram post at the uni podcast
1: thanks for listening and we'll see you during next week's episode Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we would love to hear your thoughts. What did you think? What was your favorite part of the episode? Leave your comments on our latest Insta post at the UNI podcast. We want to include you on this journey. Once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you during next week's episode. Have a wonderful week. Bye.